Join Edwin Frondozo on the Business Leadership Podcast every week for a unique program featuring insights and actionable items from the world's most successful business leaders. Hear firsthand the exclusive interviews and personal journeys on how today's transformational leaders made it to the top. I know you get up and you make some speeches and you say some words, but ultimately they are watching you and they're watching you and deciding who you are, what you stand for, and whether they should be led by you or not. And yes, you are saying some words, but if those words don't fit the movement and the assumptions they make, now you're not credible. This is the Business Leadership Podcast, and I'm your host, Edwin Frondoso. Welcome. How are you? How's your day going? Thank you for joining me. This is episode number 102, and my guest today is Mark Bowden. Mark is voted the number one body language professional in the world, and he's the creator of The Truth Plane. Mark is passionate about giving people the most influential and persuasive communication techniques to stand out, win trust, and gain credibility every time they speak. In this episode, we talk about the importance of body language, or as everyone knows, the non-verbal communication. Mark talks about how he helped CEOs of Fortune 500 companies and prime ministers of the G8 powers master non-verbal communication that will let them grow as a business leader. He teaches the scan method and how it can help you interpret other people's body language. This episode is brought to you by Slingshot VoIP, a leader in business voice AI technologies that help companies understand what the customers are saying when they're calling in. Go to ssvoip.co slash edwin to learn more. The Business Leadership Podcast is a friend of the ITWC Podcast Network and supported by our media partners at IT World Canada. Thank you to those who have left a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate you. This latest one is from DRock. They write, insightful, genuine, and Edwin asks the questions that I'm thinking about. I love it. Thank you, DRock. I really appreciate your support and kind words. When you rate and leave a review, I will read it out on the next episode. Now, here we go. Welcome to the Business Leadership Podcast, Mark. Hey, Edwin. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, this is great. Really excited um, to really dive into this. But before we do, Mark, I'd love it if you could start off by introducing, introducing yourself to our listeners today. Let us know who you are and what you like to do when you're not leading or growing emerging business leaders. Oh, great. Yeah. So uh, I'm Mark Bowden. I'm an expert in human behavior and body language, and I help people all over the world stand out, win trust, gain credibility every time they speak. And I do that through nonverbal communication with training people via speeches and one-on-one training and workshops and my books and videos, training them around the nonverbal communication of trust and credibility. But when I'm not doing that, uh, the one thing I love to do is to cook. I'm a huge like cook. I love to cook. And that's about it. That's about the only other thing that I, that I do. So I try and do that really well. Well, hey, man, everyone's got to eat, right? So that, yeah. that, that, that's a good thing to, to be good at as well. Um, I'm super excited for this, especially for my listeners when it comes to body language and, and, and things that you talked about. But uh, um, I'd love it if you could just explain 
a little bit more about your work and, and your background and how you got into this and specifically and this might be more prevalent later like what are what's your goals and missions and what are you trying to accomplish over the next next couple of months mm, yeah really good okay so so i got into this whole thing since being a kid i was obsessed with uh, animal behavior in fact sea life first of all i loved getting in the in the ocean in the sea and rock pooling and seeing um you know how things move in that environment in that water environment and so i think i first really as a kid wanted to be jacques cousteau uh, the great uh, underwater explorer and then from there i got really interested in human movement and art and the way you tell stories with pictures using human beings and animation as well it, it always amazed me that uh, certainly in the world of of animation and visual storytelling that you can kind of trick the human mind into believing that something has life when it doesn't i mean it's that kind of pinocchio thing isn't it when where um you know images on a screen you can get empathy for them and so i started to wonder about human empathy and us human beings and, and why we connect with some people and we don't connect with others and why we're fearful or nervous around some people in some environments and others we feel really comfortable and and, and, and what is it that helps us make those quick decisions. So I got really involved in the area of influence and persuasion, specifically around imagery. What images do you need to show somebody else in order to influence and persuade them that they're in a great place with you, that you can be trusted, that you're a, a, a you're credible for them, that you're a benefit for them. And so I started looking at the tools and techniques, specifically around nonverbal communication, around the images that you can produce yourself that cause others to trust you. That's that's my that's my story. How does that sound? No, oh, I love it. And as you were explaining it, Mark, the visions that came through my mind and remembering what I used to do and watch as a kid uh, with animations was like Roadrunner and yeah. Bugs Bunny and, you know, thinking about Bugs Bunny, putting his hands there and, and chewing a carrot and, and how, you know, you would either, he would either bring you in or, or make fun of you. Right. right. So it's, it's really interesting. And I loved how you brought that in because for the listeners out there, I'm sure as you were talking, you know, maybe they were thinking about the cartoons that they watched as as they were growing up and, yeah. and how they got pulled in and you know whether the character looked evil or not it didn't matter depending on what they were doing right right for sure for sure and of course the animator has uh, animator it's a great latin word life giver the, the the thing the person that gives those images life uh, in your mind would have an objective in mind for that character would want you to be intrigued by that character or amused by them or um, bonded to them in, in, in some way, a specific goal. And, and so they're choosing specific movements for that character in order to trigger that bond in you as the audience member. And it, it worked on you as a, as a kid, just as it worked on me as a kid. But it works on us as adults still. We, we're, no, we're no smarter to that piece of propaganda 
essentially we're no smarter to that moment of mm-hmm. of of pr that that happens when we see images in front of us and get triggered with some set responses now some of those might happen by accident when you're a communicator what i'm trying to do with my clients uh, which who are who are leaders whether they're emerging leaders or they've been leading organizations at whatever kind of level for a long long time I'm trying to help them really choose their behaviors on purpose to get some really specific results that they're looking for, just like any animator would. Yeah, no, that's great. And I love how you were, you know, the segue in terms of thinking about being an adult or an emerging business leader. So maybe I'll just ask the obvious question, Mark. Mm. Why why is it important for us um, to really understand the body language for whether you're an emerging business leader or, you know, leading a multinational company. Yeah, uh, it's, it's really simple. It's because people judge you. <laughs> they judge you. <laughs> they judge you immediately. <laughs> and, and, and then you might go, okay, so how, how do they judge me? Well, they judge you in all kinds of ways. There are many ways in which you get judged, but you do get judged. And based on those judgments, people make assumptions about you and then – they try and make those assumptions correct. They go and gather the data that fits the assumption, not plays against it. They don't critically think on the whole their assumptions about you. So they judge you and then they create a world around them or gather data from that world around them that fits that assumption. They will make the assumption right. So, so first thing is, is like you, you want to get people assuming the kind of things about you that you want them to assume because they're going to make them true, whether they might be true or not. And they, if they assume the wrong things about you that you don't want, they're going to make them true, whether they're true or not. And so then you might add, ask, well, Okay, so they, they assume based on many things, but but are some of the things more important than others? And at that point, I'd go, yeah, absolutely. They're mm-hmm. mainly making their assumptions and judgments about you based on your movement, your behavior, what you do. I know you get up and you make some speeches and you say some words, but ultimately, they are watching you. And they're watching you and deciding who you are, what you stand for, and whether they should be led by you or not. And yes, you are saying some words, but if those words don't fit the movement and the assumptions they make, now you're not credible. Now you're kind of a liar. Now you're deceitful because you're doing one thing and you're saying another thing. And the bias is towards what you do, not what you say. So that's why it's so important. People are judging you. They're judging you all the time and they're mainly judging you based on your behavior. So what would happen if you started to produce some behavior on purpose, if you decided your behavior, just like you decide sometimes what you're going to write to somebody or what you're going to say to somebody. Sometimes you go, hey, this is a really important email. I better sit down and think about this before I write it. And I better write the right words in order to get the right result from people. Well, you can do the same with your behavior. And in many cases, it's more important than what you were going to write or say. So, so you know, that's why that's why body language is important. Yeah, no, it, it's really huge. And I mean, just thinking about how you enter a room. And one thing that was resonating with what you were saying is if the assumptions are made by individuals that you had just met or they had just seen you, um, 
I'm almost certain, and you could tell me how fast it is, how fast that happens, that assumption subconsciously, and for you to actually turn that assumption around so they do trust you, like how long would that typically take for you to win them over, right? Yeah, well, let's think about it this way. Uh, (laughs) If a snake is in your peripheral vision, you see this snake-like movement in your peripheral vision, okay? Do you jump back and then think, think, oh, a snake? Or do you think, oh, a snake, and then jump back? Which is it first? Do you jump and then go, oh, a snake? Or, or the other way around? Or go, oh, a snake, and jump? Oh, I mean, I think I jump right away, but yeah. th- th- that could be me only. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's us. That's us humans. Like, cause otherwise, because snakes are pretty fast. And yes. if they bite you, you you're done. So, uh, you know, with certain ones. So, and better to be safe than sorry. Make all snakes very dangerous and poisonous because some are, not all, most aren't, mm-hmm. but some aren't. Some will kill you. So make them all dangerous. So assume before you've even checked out, is it a snake? Assume it's a very dangerous snake and jump back before your brain even gets to say to you, oh, a snake. Uh, think about it, a car's coming in your peripheral vision. Do you go, oh, a car in my peripheral vision, or do you jump back now? You jump back now. So, And we're the same. We see something, and we react to it. We start – we don't even recognize the assumption. We start the behavior around that assumption before we even get told what our assumption was. So, you know, what's my answer to, well, you know, some would say, look, it's about a 50th of a second. You can, within a 50th of a second, you can, um, you can make an assumption, which is like in one image, in one, in the time it takes for the brain to comprehend a one still image, you can have an assumption. Well, I would say the assumption doesn't even get to you. You start a pattern of action around that imagery. And and so that's why you can have all kinds of experiences and be all kinds of patterns of action. And it's only afterwards that you go, wow, what happened there? What do I think about that? What was I think? What was I thinking at the time? You weren't, you were just acting. And again, the people around you as a leader are doing that. Sometimes they don't even get to know what their assumptions are about you. They're just now in patterns of behavior around you that fit the assumptions that are uh, are subconscious are unconscious to them at that time i mean that's that's super fascinating appreciate that and and we could probably get more into into that so i i want to ask you mark is if you could walk us through the steps of knowing this like how do you create a compelling visual presentation of yourself with 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 your body language mm, yeah good good question so the first First thing we need to ask ourselves is, what effect are we trying to get? What pattern of behavior do we want the people who are going to see us falling into, jumping into? Uh, what do we want to trigger in other people? Because unless we know what we want to trigger, we don't know the the behavior we need to produce in order to best stand a good chance of producing that 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 trigger. So let's be a, mm-hmm. uh, well, let, let me help be, be a bit more specific because most of my work um, in business and in politics and in organizations is around, as I've said, trust and credibility. Uh, 
Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, if I say to any any leader, hey, would it be useful to have more trust and more credibility quicker? <laughs> I haven't met a leader yet that goes, no, 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 I'm 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 full up on trust and credibility. I'm already trusted enough and credible enough in in every aspect of my of my life. You know, usually. You know, even with the, the the most eminent of leaders, they go, no, I could totally do with some more trust and credibility in area X. So how do we know? How can you trigger somebody around trust and credibility? Well, first of all, so first thing is the way that our mind works when we see another human being is we're looking for sufficient data in order to make an assumption. We need to see enough to know that when we've made the assumption, it's going to be m- you know, accurate. And if we're not getting enough information, what we do is default to a negative. What we say is when insufficient data, the primitive brain, the instinct defaults to negatives. That's why if you see me in the dark, you're going to be more negative about me than if you see me in the light. Uh, if I'm not there, you're likely, well, you might be totally indifferent to me and not know I'm, I exist at all. But if I should be there, but I'm not there, you're probably not going to think that's a good thing. You're probably going to think, oh, that's a bad thing. Uh, because, because you can't tell anything about me. You can't mm-hmm. judge me now. So you default to negatives. Uh, equally so, if I am in the same room as you, but I'm hiding aspects of myself, either by covering myself with various furnishings, obstacles in the way, or sitting or standing in a way where areas of my body are barriered to you with barrier gestures of some sort closed off to you, you're getting less data about me and you're more likely as a general rule to default to negatives about me. So, well, so how do I get you into a positive frame of mind around me? Well, display more of myself, display more of myself and you're more likely to bias to a a positive. Now, of course, we can talk about, you know, how are, are there some, um, some specifics about how to display more of mm-hmm. yourself, but, but ultimately let's, let's start at the very baseline, show more of yourself, the more of yourself that you get to show, the more positive bias people are going to have around you. And when you mean by, and, and I don't really want to get the semantics of the how and the what, when you talk about showing more of yourself we're not simply just talking about your skin for example obviously (laughs) no it could be it could be eye contact we're talking about your smile we're talking about you know opening up to people and stuff like that right yeah yeah exactly that so so it's more more data and and the different elements of data mean different things so for example if i show you more of my eyes um, I could show you more of my eyes, but not get eye contact with you. Or I could show you more of my eyes and get eye contact with you. Eye contact mm-hmm. is about, uh, on the whole, about values, uh, about, about something being a value of some sort, because I'm targeting you. I'm giving you eye contact. Um, now, ultimately, if I shade my eyes, for example, if you imagine me uh, with my hand kind of on my forehead, bit like a kind of salute thing, but it's covering my eyes. Mm-hmm. We're having a conversation now, but uh, I'm not looking at you and you don't get to see my eyes. Now, do you feel that this is a positive conversation now or a more negative one? You've got a choice. We can have a conversation and I'm going to give you eye contact and you're going to see more of my eyes, or we can have a conversation where I shade my eyes, which feels more positive and more negative to you. 
Oh, 100% eye contact. Right. Right, exactly. Now there's, there's going to be some caveats with that in that, in that what, what's happening in the rest of my body, if we, if I'm getting strong eye contact with you and, and there's signals in my body that might trigger you with a feeling of I am aggressive towards you. Okay. That might not feel so good in every, uh, context. Um, though look, you know, we might be involved in some kind of sporting fight of some sort and you mm-hmm. might go, Hey, great. Mark's got a really aggressive body. Hey, this is going to be a great bit of sport between us. Okay. So there's, there's always body language is situational. So you, you, you change the, you, you take the same piece of body language and you put it in a different situation. And what was negative before is now positive. Uh, or, or, or is, is slightly different. But ultimately, in this sense of us having a conversation, having a meeting, you're suggesting if I cover my eyes, it's more negative. And that is because when insufficient data, you're going to default to negatives. And you're going to make up ideas about what I'm thinking and feeling about you. And those ideas that you have about me, they're either true or very untrue or something in between but they're going to feel very true to you. You're going to feel that you've made some really accurate assumptions about me, and you're going to make the world fit that. Now, if it turns out you are accurate, you'll feel really good because you'll go, wow, I, I, I'm a really good body language reader. I, I knew Mark was, was negative because I saw his body language, and it turns out, look, he is. There's the evidence. He is. Look, this happened, and then this happened, and then he wrote this about me, and the deal went this way, and, and I, I read it right. But if your assumption was wrong, I mean, it still felt really true, but then after the fact, you realize evidence comes out that says, no, I, I was actually just actually very pro the whole deal. It's just I was shading my eyes for other reasons. Well, now you're going, God, I just don't understand anybody. I need to get better at this body language reading thing because I just don't, I don't understand anybody anymore. But the, the awful thing is, is that your instinct is always going to tell you that you're super accurate and you either are or you're not or something in between. And that's really tricky because you might be making some important decisions based on the assumptions that you're making about people. And, you know, the interesting thing is, is that I might be able to trigger some of those assumptions in you. Now, I could do those for for good reasons and bad reasons. I could hurt you or I could make your life better. And, you know, what people do with these tools, you know, we have these tools anyway, and we're using them often unconsciously a lot of the the time or subconsciously uh, a lot of the time i'm just trying to bring them to people's conscious attention so i can say hey why, why not influence and persuade people on purpose rather than by doing it by accident which is what you're doing most of the time hey there if you are enjoying this conversation with mark bowden and have any questions comments or anything that relates to something that we said i'd love to hear from you Join me on my Facebook group where I discuss current episodes, share exclusive videos, and connect you with other like-minded business leaders. Go to thebusinessleadership.com slash FB group or search for the Business Leadership Group directly in Facebook. I look forward to seeing you there. Now let's get back to it. You just started to mention tools. I'd love it if you can share with us what SCAN is and walk us through the process, like how it can help us interpret what we're actually experiencing. 
Yeah. So, so scan is, is our system uh, mm-hmm. that we put forward in, in uh, truth or lies, what people are really thinking myself and Tracy Thompson, the co-author of that book, it's our critical thinking system for when you uh, get triggered by a piece of body language, when you're watching somebody else and you get that assumption that comes to you and your brain goes, Oh, I got it. I got what's happening there. I know what they're thinking and feeling that what you do is run through this scan uh, system. So the first thing is uh, the S. So it's an acronym. Uh, mm-hmm. The S is for suspend uh, judgment, um, which means, look, you've got this assumption, but now put it to one side. You can always come back to it. It's your assumption. It's yours. You can come back to it. But just for now, just for a few moments, put it to one side to do some critical thinking that might get you closer to the truth, or it might get you the same assumptions or or a whole bunch of other uh, possibilities, but you're now going to take a moment to critically think the assumption that you've had about the situation of the person. So first of all, suspend judgment. It's pretty hard to do, so you have to make it a goal. You have mm-hmm. to go, when I get this feeling of I've made an assumption about somebody, when I when I get that feeling of, yeah, I got it. I got them right. I said, look, they've, they've, they've folded their arms. I know what this means. They're close to me. The moment that happens, you go, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe they are. Suspend judgment. Could be. Could be that. So that's suspend judgment. The C part is is look at the context. Think about the context that it's in. So let's take that folded arms thing. I'm in a meeting and somebody is listening to what I'm saying and they fold their arms. And my assumption mm-hmm. is, uh oh, mm-hmm. they're closed to me. Because it's a barrier gesture. It's a barrier gesture. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know what's a what it's a barrier to. Yeah. Anyway, we'll come to that. The context. The context. What's the context here? So here's one context I'll bring in. Have they got arms on their chairs or not? Because if they don't have arms on their chairs, where else do their arms go? What else can they do with their arms? There's no arms on the chairs. Why, 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 why do people not have arms on their chairs? Why would you make some chairs with arms and some chairs without arms? I guess the chairs without arms are cheaper than the chairs with arms. So if you've got a chair with arms, it's a more expensive chair. It's a bigger chair. It's a, it's a, it's a chair for somebody with more status or maybe there's, the budget in the room, the budget in the organization that bought the chairs for the room decided, look, they, we could get arms for everybody or no arms, and it's just – it fits the budget better. But ultimately, the human being sits down, and the human being goes, well, where, where am I going to put my arms? Because if I put them down by my side and let them hang there, I'll kind of go to sleep. I'll go into a rest state. And if I put my arms in my laps, lap, it kind of collapses my chest a little bit and makes me feel and look a little bit depressed by the situation. And I, and I, and I want to be alert. I want to be alert in this meeting. So I'm going to keep my arms uh, up a little bit to stay alert and buoyant. And, but that's hard to do. So I'll fold them. So, so, ah, so context is no arms on the chairs. Where else are they going to put it? No. So now it's starting to think maybe they're not, maybe they're not uh, against what I'm saying, maybe they're actually trying to pay more attention to it. It's a possibility. Now, the A uh, aspect is, is and what else? Ask questions. What else could this be? What else could this be? Um, and ask other people or ask the person. 
why don't I ask? Why don't I ask the person? Why don't, what is stopping me saying to that person? So I, so I noticed I was talking about, you know, X, Y, and Z, and, and, you, and you crossed your arms at that point. And, and I'm wondering, you know, are you engaged with what I said there? Are you against some of it? Are you just trying to stay awake uh, during this <laughs> engaged? Like, like, what is it? Because I noticed there was a difference. Now, the problem with this is with, say, asking what we might call the subject of your uh, of your inference, the subject of, of of your idea, what's actually going on for them is you might get an answer that you didn't want. They might go, yeah, I'm totally close to what you're saying. It is nonsense. I don't like it. And so what we tend to do is not really ask anybody what they're thinking and feeling. We rely on this judgment system, which is either very accurate, very inaccurate, or something in between, but we always believe it's very accurate. And so you can see how sometimes this judgment system, we get it really right, and sometimes we get it really wrong, which is fine as long as we're not, you know, gambling huge amounts of resource on this judgment. If we are, I think we maybe shouldn't use it so much, and we maybe want to ask people. Maybe we want to go, hey, what are you thinking? You in with me on this? Where are you in the say it's a sales meeting? To say, I just want to stop for a moment because I want to know, like, scale of zero to 10, zero being least, 10 being most, how, how sold are you on this idea right now? How close to, to teaming up, to being a partner on this or buying? Well, we, we don't ask it because we fear they're going to go with well, zero, zero, you're wasting mm-hmm. your time. You know, we'd rather not hear zero than them go, it's a 10. I mean, it was a 10 when I walked in. I'm just, I just like it so much. I'm sitting here listening to you. But I was sold before you even started, <laughs> you know. Uh, so there's there's the uh, and what else, you know? Ask, ask what else, and then the N of scan is is um, you know new judgment. Make a new judgment. Now your new judgment can be the same as your old one. That's okay. Uh, but the but the the thing is, is you want to put all the all of these things together to get a sense of have I come to any new ideas about this that I need to bring into my thinking that could get me closer to the truth of what's going on. So that scan, suspend judgment, look at the context, ask what else, new judgment. I mean, I love that. I love the, I love the, the visualization, especially the context and what else. I mean, I've personally been in those situations when whether I was doing a pitch or talking to a bunch of people and I see different arms going closing, shifting, and maybe I need to stop there, stop doing the judgment and even just ask, Hey, how's everyone going? Yeah. Is, this, is this still resonating with you? Is there something I need to go back over? If something I missed, let me know and, and really just take that time, I guess. Right. Right. Is exactly that because otherwise what happens is, is you, you see their behavior you get triggered into a, a set of behaviors. Even before it's come to your attention, they've crossed their arms. You've been triggered into a bunch of compensations around that. You're moving already. And so you need to interrupt that pattern potentially. I mean, you don't have to all the time, but you know, some meetings are more important than others. And mm-hmm. some of those important interactions you need to go yeah i need to i need to interrupt this and and get some critical thinking in on this rather than us working 
entirely off of instinct around this. Look, there's nothing wrong with instinct, by the way. It saves your life on on a regular basis sometimes. It's just sometimes some situations aren't life-threatening, but you're using the same judgment system. Uh, and and maybe you need to intervene in that at some times and just spend a moment to critically think it. No, that's great. I was just thinking in terms of these judgments and when you work with business leaders or thought leaders who are giving that speech to hundreds and thousands of people, how do you use the tools or share your knowledge for those people? Um, I've been in front of stages and sometimes there's no movement and it's hard to, you know, you just believe what you're providing is value, but you're still trying to scan the audience for, for some type of positive feedback, right? Um, what type of advice do you give to those who are listening who are maybe going into a big room or an audience to provide um, a speech or a talk? Yeah. So I think often we're trying to scan that audience in terms of, you know, we're looking at that audience. We're, we're judging that huge mass of people in order to work out, do they like me or do they not like me? Am I good or bad? How are they ranking me? right now. We want to know where we sit. We've just walked out in front of many, many people. It's That's a dangerous situation. And the brainstem, our instinct is going, all right, we need to know where we sit right now in terms of our safety. So it, it, it triggers a very binary thing. Do they like me? Do they not? Do they love me? Do they hate me? Well, but there's too many people to read. It's just it's just mm-hmm. too much for the for the even the instinct to be able to comprehend. So on the whole, it biases to negatives. Better to be safe than sorry. Too much data. So when insufficient data default to a negative, when too much data default to a negative, better to be safe than sorry. And that's where we get that fight and flight coming when we walk out in front of a big group or the right group of people that we don't know so well or we we fear have high status and therefore have command over our resource and we don't and so we want them to like us but we don't know whether they like us or not and if they don't like us well they could take away some of our important resource and that would be really awful we're going to we're going to die now and you can see how the the instinct is now escalating this 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 thing so uh, here's the key is you go out and you suspend judgment about them. You walk out there and you go, oh, people behaving. And I don't know what it means. I don't know. Look, that one just did that. Mm -hmm. It's just behavior. There's too many. I don't know what it means. And you go to your plan. You plan what you want out of that communication, what you want for them, and you execute as accurately as you can your plan for moving your audience in that direction. Because you can't read them and execute that many people and accurately and execute the plan at the same time. So make a really good plan based on really good intelligence about that audience and go out there and execute that plan. Now, here's the problem around that is you don't know what they're going to do. 
you don't know how they're going to react. And sometimes they start to move and react and demand and, and, and behave in ways that means you need to now adapt the plan. So you need a plan. You need a really good plan based on really good intelligence and you must remain adaptable and be able to adapt the plan on the fly, which is, which is tricky. I mean, that that's really tricky. I just had one more follow-up question, and it's really about being in front of an audience and understanding where social media and building an audience and talking to an audience is now happening um, to live audiences, like using live platforms like Facebook Live, YouTube Live. Like, are you going to use the same thought process when you don't even see your audience. Yeah, yeah, for, for, for sure. Well, I mean, it's just, you know, what have you got left? If you can't, if you now can't really interact with that audience, you can't get any feedback. They're viewing you, but you can't get feedback on how they're viewing you. All you can do is have a really good plan, execute that plan, and remain adaptable for if that plan really needs or gets forced in some way, or you want to accept it into change. Because otherwise, you're trying to interact with something that you cannot interact with. You're trying to be alive with something that is dead and, and will not tell you how it's thinking or feeling or uh, you know, you get, or you've got to use text and you've got to ask if there is some kind of interaction. You've got to ask. You've got to say, give me, you know, write me a note. T- tell me how this is going. Give me some questions on this. So, so if there is a possibility for interaction, use that possibility and take time with that possibility. If there is no possibility of interaction, you are now executing the plan that you had as best as you can. Oh, that's great. I'm going to go take a look at that, Mark, and I'll be sure to post it on the episode page. So for great. those who are, yeah, for those who are listening, check it out. Go to, go to the link that Mark just suggested or, or go to, go to the website. Um, and we'll post it there as well. I'm, I'm really keen to that. Um, Mark, do you have any, I'd just love it if you could share any special projects, initiatives, anything fun. Um, that you are currently looking forward to and love to share with us. Yeah. So, um, Myself and Tracy Thompson, uh, the co-author of Truth and Lies, What People Are Really Thinking, our book on how to read best body language. Uh, We've got a series of videos which we're posting on LinkedIn uh, every week. So uh, find me on LinkedIn, Mark Bowden. You'll find me. Uh, I'm the body language keynote speaker. And, uh, you know, connect with me there. You're very welcome to connect with me and follow me. And if you... Uh, keep watching out for those videos. I, I post a lot of content. I post content most days on LinkedIn. Uh, watch out for those. They're they're really great. People really love them, and and I hope you will too. Well, Mark, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us on the Business Leadership Podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure. Anytime you like, Edwin. We'll talk soon. Bye now. That's it, Biz Leaders. Thank you for joining me on the Business Leadership Podcast. This was episode number 102 with Mark Bowden. If you want to learn more about Mark, the truth plane, or anything else we discuss, please go to thebusinessleadership.com slash 102. Please join me on my private Facebook group where I will discuss this episode, answer your questions, and connect you with other like-minded business leaders. Simply search for 
the Business Leadership Group directly in Facebook. And if you haven't done so yet, please subscribe and rate this podcast on any podcast player that you're listening to. Thank you again. Edwin signing off. Thank you for listening to the Business Leadership Podcast at thebusinessleadership.com. Thank you.